What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Unscaled. It's Jeremy Long, the Full Metal Traveler. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful day as we talk our favorite thing in the world, which is traveling and all the things associated with it. We're going to have fun. We got a really fun, uh, really packed show for you. We have a lot of stuff to cover. So without further ado, my partner in crime, as always, the spicy romance author. I call her Spicy Amy. She's here with me. <laughs> spicy. Okay. Yeah, there you sure. go. Spicy Amy. In, yeah. in the romance book world, I'm more steamy, but that's a mm. whole nother topic. Steamy Amy doesn't sound as good on a, on no, a business card. So we're going to go with Spicy Amy. And uh, in this show. Uh, we're really glad you joined us because we're going to be talking about resorts. Uh, of course, uh, we do this show live from Las Vegas. Lots of resorts here in town. But we also have a lot of hotels. What exactly is the difference between a hotel and a resort by the classical definitions of it? We're going to get into that. We're going to get into some of our favorite resorts that we have been to uh, over our travels over the last few years. Uh, to give you some ideas in case you're looking about, you know, this year, next year or the year after some really high end places, some really not so, you know, not uh, the not not high end, but, uh, you know, uh, things that don't seem so far out of reach. Of course, we're going to be looking at places in Mexico right here in the U.S. Uh, and of course, uh, in the rest of the world. Then uh, a little bit later on the show, we have an interview with uh uh, this beautiful resort in Waikiki. Um, it's called the Twin Fin. Why did you say it like that? I don't know. <laughs> I lost my train of thought right in the middle of saying Waikiki. Waikiki. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, right. Twin Fin General Manager Randy Diamond is going to be joining us in the show. And then we're going to wrap it all up. Uh, we have a fun review. We get stuff from time to time. We're going to. Uh, Talk about a a nice bag that we got in and uh, give you the latest on the newest resort that's going to be opening in December of 2023 right here in Las Vegas. We're going to give you some facts and figures about that. So uh, first off, we were talking about let's define what is the difference between a hotel and a resort. And we searched. We did a lot of research on this, actually. We, we were did. trying to figure out. You know, is it a cosmetic thing? Is it a price thing? Is it a, you know, what is it about there? And basically the paraphrase difference, and I don't know if you know this spicy Amy, but uh, the the basic difference is a hotel is a place where you go and sleep. That is like your bed for the evening or, you know, two or three days or something like that. A resort is more of a destination product. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily need to leave the resort to go on vacation or go outside of it for a vacation. Right. Or for a good time or what, you know, for a good time call. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> right. that's kind of, you know, the, the, the definition that we got or the, the feeling that we got from all of our research. So I understood it as if you are just using the property as a place to sleep and then you primarily primarily leave that property, that is a hotel. Yeah. If it is the type of 
property where you aren't really leaving. They have enough restaurants. They have enough activities. They have the type of atmosphere where you're going for a week and you're staying on their grounds for the whole week or most of it. That is a resort. It's kind of an all-in-one vacation package for you. Everything is going to be right there on the hotel grounds, making it a resort. And there are a few different like primary categories of resorts, right? Right. So there's the one that everybody probably thinks of first, which is your beach resort. There are golf resorts or slash sporting resorts. There are the mountain or ski resorts, and then there's spa resorts. And a lot of the other resorts do have spas, but there are some that primarily focus on spa and wellness and just have these super luxurious spas where you can have anything under the sun, any type of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Experience? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) spa experience you can think of. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Why geeky? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's been a day. Yeah, yeah. The adult beverages have already been flowing. And, and yeah. uh, you know, so naturally it got me thinking, uh, because I'm a nerd like this, you know, the one question led to another, like, what is the oldest resort in the United States? Uh, that belongs, that des- uh, distinction belongs to the Omni Homestead Resort. Now it's owned by the Omni company now line of stuff but it's called the homestead and it is in hot springs virginia it's been around since 1766 wow it is literally older than the united states as we know it uh and in fact it just celebrated its uh, what 251st or something uh you know it's over 250 years old wow uh it's been visited by 23 sitting presidents um, it also has expanded to, and now it includes a ski resort and things like this, but, uh, I mean, it, it's pretty dang old. It's been owned at points by uh, different people of note, like JP Morgan, the actual JP Morgan, mm-hmm. not just JP Morgan chase, a conglomerate, like the guy himself, JP yeah. Morgan, JP Morgan and, and resorts aren't a, aren't a new thing, right? People always try to find a way to escape the heat. So there are all kinds of very old uh, resort towns mm. such as um, Cape May. Cape May is in what New Jersey. Uh, it's an old summer resort town. It's a that I think they actually consider themselves the oldest seaside resort. So these are towns that are primarily on the sea. People would go there to cool off, you know, during you know if you were rich enough, I guess, to leave your whatever in the south. <laughs> <laughs> you whatever property in the south uh and go up to cape may or you know be, you know oh we're vacationing in cape may is this where people would go for like two or three months the entire summer yeah they would leave for the we were we, you know that's what, what they would was say. that like we, what, what kind of jobs did these people have that they could just disappear well for that's what i was just alluding to and <laughs> If you're leaving your whatever in the South, I kind of know what job you're into. I I see. Uh, Another one, uh, the oldest, they consider themselves, and in fact, their town motto is the oldest summer resort town in the United States, Wolfboro, New Hampshire. Wolfboro, Never heard of it. So New England, you know, and, you know, generally cooler. Yeah. uh, In the summer months, 
Um, not too many of those resorts were found in Texas. No. Uh, really disappointed. Or, or the desert. One interesting thing I did find, though, and even though it's considered a hotel, it's a destination property now within itself. The world's oldest hotel is actually uh, in, found in Japan. Really? It, it, the Nishiyama Onsen. Mm-hmm. Don't even try. I, yeah, this is the last word. It starts with a K. <laughs> anyway, it's over a thousand years old. Oh. And it's been owned by the same family. 53 generations of wow. the same family have operated and owned this hotel in Yamanashi, Japan. And this is actually pretty close to where we went um, on like the edge of Mount Fuji in Japan. Can you imagine a property being in your family for a thousand years? Man, I don't think we can even trace our lineage back that far. Yeah, it that's, is. That's incredible. Really. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, it's probably if you took trains over there, it's probably about two hours away outside of Tokyo, but a thousand years doing that. So, so definitely marking that on the on the map. We're we're gonna have to go stop by there at some point. Uh, and it got me thinking very quickly. Weird moment here. In town over the last week, if you've read anything, uh, if anything to note, I know it's not going to make national news, but it was really fun for a couple of days. Basically, there was a, a, a war of attrition between an executive at the Wynn Hotel and a guest, a high roller. Uh, don't know exactly what happened. Whatever. The high roller leaves the Wynn, very ticked off at the executive, goes over to Resorts World. Resorts World, if you don't know, if you've never been or never seen Resorts World, it's one of the newer properties that opened about, what, two years ago or so mm -hmm. uh, in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, but uh, you can, you can, I, I didn't know this, you, they run ads on the outside of the building. Yeah. The outside of the building is actually a big yeah. LED yeah. covered. The entire building's covered in yeah. LED screens. This guy rented it out and start, I mean, for like $300,000, $400,000. And started leaving messages on there aimed at the executive at the win. <laughs> so for days, it was uh, like fire. And I'm not going to read the messages wow. because they won't make sense. Because it was going, <laughs> it was whatever beef was happening between these guys, which fired off, of course, legal letters from the win to the resorts world. But hey, you know, he paid money. This and is, this is the 2023 version of taking out a oh billboard when you want to call somebody out. <laughs> he put it on the side of a uh, humongous building. And, and again, the messages to whoever this was made no sense. So it was it, just some words <laughs> up there. But whatever it was, I mean, that is he knew that he is knew what he was saying. <laughs> executive level pettiness because you oh, have that funny. much money to blow on just being petty. Funny. So there you go. That is <laughs> name calling. God, I love Vegas. It's such oh, yeah. a just a just a petty town. It, you never know what you're going to see here. It's a, <laughs> and that is like the truest thing ever. Like you don't know what you're going to see here and what's going to go on. So a little bit later, uh, after the break, actually, we are going to talk some of our favorite resorts that we've been to, recommend them to you, put them on your list so you have something to look forward to in the future. And then after that, we're going to talk to uh, General Manager Randy Diamond from Twin Fin Resort in Waikiki. All right, keep it right here, Sunscale.
Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Unscaled. Jeremy Long here, along with Spicy Amy. <laughs> That's your all new right. radio name. That's my name. Uh, we're talking all things resorts in this episode. Um, talking about the pettiness here in Las Vegas uh, and the difference between hotels and resorts. Now we're going to talk about some of our favorite resorts that we've ever been to. And we got some good ones on this list. So hopefully, uh, go back and listen to this segment over and over again and you know, write down, these are just suggestions, but these are great suggestions. If you are in the market for, you know, if you're wherever you're traveling, if you're in the market to stay at a nice resort, we got some good ones on our list. Uh, a couple in Mexico, a real famous one and one that you should know it's over in Portugal. All right. Um, and then, then a little bit later, we're going to have Randy Diamond from Twin Fin Resort in Waikiki joining us. So let's, you know, which one is, yeah, I'm going to let you lead off, Spicy Amy. You're going to let me lead I'm going to let you lead off with what has been your favorite one or which one do you want to talk about first? Give the give the good looking people out there, our listeners. We've stayed at a few and, uh-huh. and they're different. So we've stayed at some beach ones. We've stayed at a few golf ones. We mm-hmm. did stay at more of a spa and wellness type, which... To me, any vacation that's relaxing is a true vacation. I think if you're not relaxing, you can't really call it a trip or a vacation. It's more of a trip. So mm-hmm. I like, personally, I like these beach resorts. So there's two that we've stayed at, both in Mexico, but on opposite sides. The first one, the one we were just at last year, or was that this year? It was this that year. It was earlier this year, actually. <laughs> it's yeah. been a long year. Yeah. Uh, Grand Velas in Riviera Maya. And there are other locations, but we just happen to be in Riviera Maya, which is mm-hmm. kind of between Cancun and Tulum, uh, right across from Cozumel. Yeah, it's right outside of Playa, de, uh, Playa yes, del Carmen. Right outside of Playa del Carmen. It was incredible. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually also the first all-inclusive property that we've stayed at. And Mm. if you're like me, when you think of all-inclusive, you kind of think of mm, run-of-the-mill, everything's going to be okay. But this is an entirely different experience. It is luxury all-inclusive. Yeah. And there are levels to it. That's a a good point. There are levels. There are a lot of resorts that offer all-inclusive packages where you you can upgrade your experience, you can elevate your experience, to include extra things, but they do come with limitations. This was one of the few properties that we've been to that it is luxury all-inclusive. And when they say all-inclusive, they mean just about anything. I mean, you can't be taking the paintings off the wall and bringing them home. (laughs) But just about everything else is is taken care of in the price. I mean, down to everything in the mini fridge. They have a snack bar in your room that they replenish every day. You can take whatever you want. And in that mini fridge, there is wine, there's champagne, there's beer. What was, what was the first thing I grabbed? I grabbed some I grabbed some M&Ms and a beer because it was the first time that I could raid a mini fridge and not have to worry about right. I mean, it's built into the price. So. Right. And yes, because it is luxury all-inclusive, it is a little bit pricier than a lot of sure. traditional all-inclusives. But the great thing about this property, too, is they have what they call ambiances. There's three different ones. So one building is not actually on the water. It's set more in the jungle and has what they call a jungle ambiance. It is a little less expensive than the two properties that two buildings actually sit on beachfront. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the middle range, which I actually liked 
better than the the upper tier of rooms mm -hmm. because it surrounded that beautiful pool, which still also looked out over the beach. Uh, but there were, there were like, as you said, different tiers. So, but the great thing about this property was it didn't matter which building, which tier you purchased in, you could still eat at any of the restaurants. You could still do any of the yeah. activities. It yeah. all, your tiers really just came down to the room you were staying in that night. Yeah. But it was gorgeous. I mean, I, I can't say enough about this property. And if you follow me on social media, you've seen me post pictures about it. I love it. I would go back tomorrow. Yeah, that's the Grand Velas. That's V-E-L-A-S, Riviera Maya. They have about seven or eight properties. Grand Velas does. It's a, it's a company. They got a few properties in Cabo uh, and, of course, Riviera Maya and a few other places. So they're worth checking out. They got plunge pools. And they even just introduced, I think, earlier this summer, the thing where they'll bring your breakfast out on a big tray and, like, float it to you while you're in the pool and stuff. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean... If you're if you just want Instagram things, there you go. Right. <laughs> That's right. good school to Grand Velas Riviera Maya. My next, I'll, I'll let you lead off. I'm going to take the next one. Um, one of my favorites. It's a Ritz Carlton. It's in Portugal, right outside of Sintra, the really popular mm -hmm. town, very colorful and everything. And we've actually mentioned it a few times in, in our shows. That's how much we like it. But Penhalunga, wonderful. Pen, yeah, Penhalunga. Outside of Sintra in Portugal is, I mean, uh, it's got all the things you want, right? It's got on-site Michelin star restaurants. It's got history because there's a monastery that goes back to the 1100s or something of yeah. that nature. It's got a championship level golf course, uh, which, of course, this kind of fits. It almost fits into both like almost seaside and golf mm -hmm. resort type of uh, place. But Pinhalunga in in Portugal is probably right up there with one of the my most favorite places I've ever stayed. I will say of all the places we stayed, Penhalunga had the absolute best mattress. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're we're a bit spoiled. We have a, a somewhat expensive mattress that we love and yeah. it has ruined us for traveling. Oh my gosh. Penhalunga is the only place we've stayed where I feel like the mattress was comparable. Oh, I didn't, I didn't want to leave. <laughs> I didn't want to leave. Now we've had we've gone to we've traveled solo before whether on business business or you know me on press trips things mm -hmm. and so we've each stayed at uh at different resort properties away from each other very quickly do you have one that i haven't been to that that you would mention to people um i i would probably say pebble beach which you have gone with me a few times but i travel to pebble beach for work frequently and it's just lovely the being right there on the water. Let's see, but I've been to that. I know. That's what I, I just know, said. Okay, I'll give you a I second can't. to think about that while we do talk about Pebble Beach because this is actually on my list. You spoiled the you, you spoiled <laughs> the surprise. Pebble Beach is my next one. Now, Pebble Beach is primarily known for golf, right? Right. It's one of the premier, if not the premier golf destination. If any of the people in your life play golf or anything like that, Pebble Beach, if they haven't already been, is probably at the top of the list. It is depending on your your financial situation. It can be pricey. Right. Everything in it from just a round of golf to nights stayed, but it's all relative. It's kind of one of those once in a lifetime kind of things that I know plenty of people that have saved up for it because, you know, you got to do it once, right? It's right. considered year in and year out one of the best beach/seaside slash resorts. 
And I think the resort parts are often overlooked mm-hmm. for Pebble Beach because of the golf course fame. Right. Um, so I have kayaked in the in Stillwater Cove, mm-hmm. which is right there. Yeah. Um, if you if you know if you are a golfer and you know Pebble Beach, it's right there where the 18th hole looks out over the water. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do horseback riding. They have a fantastic spa. There are, I believe, four different golf courses actually on the property besides yeah. the most famous Pebble Beach Golf Links. Um, and then they they can also hook you up with other activities. So we've done e-biking on 17 Mile and uh, gone out into the little town and done wine tasting. So, yeah. so many things that you can do there yeah. outside uh, of golf if you're and, not just and a, a short golfer. distance away is like Monterey, California mm-hmm. and Carmel by Sea um, and Big Sur right. is uh, just a short drive away as well. So once you go there, you can kind of hit all of those spots if you want to. But again, this is a resort, so you don't actually have to leave the property because right. it's so dang awesome. Uh, the last place I really want to mention is uh, Hacienda Del Mar. Right. Now, this was, I yes. think, the first true resort, like, that, true we resort that you and I stayed at yeah. in Mexico, right outside of Cabo. Uh I loved it. And it is, I, oh man, I still think about it all the time because Hacienda Del Mar is a true paradise. It's right on the beach. I mean, the steps go down to the sand and I mean, they have infinity pools and all the things and all the beautiful restaurants that you want. They have a, a nightly, like, what is that? Like a market type setting yeah. where they cook the meat and stuff like that over yeah, an open flame. Yeah, the hotel's built and, around this open air courtyard that oh, overlooks yeah, the yeah. ocean and they had different themed uh, dinners out there every night that you could partake in. It was just such a beautiful, beautiful property. I I would absolutely go back there tomorrow too. In a heartbeat. Let's get on a plane. Let's go. Let's go right now. Right. Let's do it. Right now. Screw the show. Just a quick flight away. We're done with the show. All right. We're going to Hacienda Del Mar. Uh, You know what? Uh, I mentioned to you about places uh, that we've been separately. Yeah. I also have to mention on Madeira Island, the Savoy. Oh, right. Savoy Palace on Madeira Island right. is just fantastic. Rooftop pools and bars and all the things that I love. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it right here. When we come back, we're going to talk and introduce you to yet another property. Twin Fin Waikiki. We're going to chat with the general manager, Randy Diamond. This is Unscaled. Keep it right here. everyone welcome back to unscaled it's jeremy long the full metal traveler of course we're talking all things resorts today on this episode and you know from time to time we love to bring you new places places maybe you haven't heard of places we haven't visited and we want to get the do the kids still say the 411 i think i just dated myself i don't think they say that anymore good lord that's where all the gray hair comes from <sighs> that made me sad. Uh, <laughs> said we are going to be talking about one of the hottest new hotel resorts in Waikiki on the island of Oahu. It's located steps 
from the ocean. I mean, steps from the ocean. The surf-inspired hotel features refresh guest rooms, vibrant design, authentic experiences rooted in Hawaiian culture, and of course, towering views overlooking the pristine, ultra-pristine South Shore of Oahu. We are talking today about the twin fin Waikiki, and we have Randy Diamond, the general manager of this resort on the line. Randy, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, my pleasure. Except, you know, before we came on air, we were talking about the weather. And, man, right now, I'm telling you, it is. Uh, I think we did something to uh, to make someone angry of a higher power because it is hotter than Hades here. <laughs> and you're all like, hey, man, it's like 80 degrees and sunny here. And, you know, I have never been more envious of a person than I am of you right now. Well, I'm honored that you're the the beautiful nature of it is it's not far away. So just a simple direct flight over from Vegas, we get you over here and get you into beautiful weather. Oh, don't tip me with a good time, man. I'm I'm there. You know what the rest of this the rest of this interview is me. You're gonna hear air, airport sounds in the back because I'm coming. I'm on my way. <laughs> well, let's sounds talk. Like a plan. I like it. Let's talk about the twin fin. Uh, and some people may be going, you know, if they're not associated with surf culture or uh, or don't know anything about it, where does the name come from? How does it pay homage to basically the birthplace of modern surfing? Yeah, so for many, many don't realize it, but I, surfing actually dates back to the 1600s. And, uh, and, you know, and then fast forward a little bit, you know, in, in the early 1900s, Duke Hanamoku. Uh, made it famous for his famous longboard ride all the way from Diamond Head all the way down to the shores of Waikiki. And, and so that really became the modern birthplace of surfing is Waikiki. And so fast forward a little further, you know, the evolution of the surfboard took place. And in this early 70s, this twin fin board uh, came about. And really, as it, you know, as it sounds, it's two fins on the back of the board. Uh, and, and really what it was, it was, it was a perfect way for small, medium surf to actually take place, which is actually what, what happens outside of Waikiki. So, you know, it kind of went away and, and there were some different types of boards that had come about over the 80s and 90s. And then now it's kind of made a resurgence here in, in the, you know, 2020 and a little bit before. And so really, that's where the the twin fin comes from. Uh, some think it's a uh, shark with two fins, but it's not. It's actually a surfboard with two fins. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so really, our focus about creating was, you know, kind of bringing a little bit of mid-century modern, create a little bit of a classic feel with a modern twist. And, you know, you don't have to be a surfer to come join us at the twin fin. Really, surf it can be felt in many different ways. It, it emotes a, a cultural uh, influence. And so you can experience surf culture through music, through art, through food, through views, and all those different types of sensory areas. And, and that's really what we try to do at the Twin Fin is create a surf environment for all to access. Now, the Twin Fin is a little bit unique because you guys have actually partnered with now, you said uh, with a company called Surfline, and we're going to get into what Surfline yeah. is and how the partnership works. But, I mean, you mentioned that surfing, the, the whole field, it doesn't necessarily mean you got to paddle out if you don't want to paddle out on a board. But you can experience a little bit of all that through all the things that you guys have incorporated 
in the design and the feel and the overall vibe of the twin fin. So let's talk about Surfline and how it kind of sets the twin fin resort apart from other hotels in the area and other hotels that kind of, you know, want to go down the same line, but how does that partnership work and what is it like? Yeah. So on, on the whole, we, we created a lot of incredible partners and partnerships mm-hmm. that really give a sense of place and really help the, the hotel become a feeling of, and really give that sense of place. So with Surfline, Surfline is a worldwide company, obviously born in Hawaii and really they have cameras all over the world and it is a surf weather barometer, so to speak, for everybody's surf all over the world. Mm-hmm. So Surfline has actually uh, an online database and uh, I think almost 4 million subscribers around the world and they're looking for the best surf. And Surfline helps deliver that, and through cameras and expectations of what's going to, of what waves are going to pop off, and where, and and how. And so we actually set off to create the first unique partnership where we created a Surfline video wall in the hotel that actually showcases eight waves from around Waikiki and the neighboring islands of 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 Hawaii. And then in the nighttime, because they have such a wide variety of cameras all over the world. We actually showcase all the waves of the, of the world as well, and so what's really cool about that is it just really kind of elevates this whole idea of the wave and making you feel like you're out there, and it's just an incredible thing. And of course, we installed some surfline cameras on top of our hotel, and they showcase some incredible areas of of surfing that are, are just just well known across the entire surf in community. Um, but to go even one step further, we actually offer 30 days free of Surfline Premium. So guests can either download it before their stay or when they arrive, and they actually get to experience that Surfline experience right on their phone and it really sets them in the tone before they arrive, which is, you know, just give them that extra anticipation when they arrive, what they can see. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's so cool. Uh, you know, uh, kind of in that same vein, but switching topics just a little bit, you know, sustainability and our place and how we interact with uh, nature around us and the earth as a whole is at, is at the forefront of every traveler's mind right now. I know it's on the tips of tongues in every publication around the world. How is Twin Fin approaching that mindset of sustainability and sustainable travel? Yeah, so I, I can't stress enough how important this is uh, in our. In our, we only get one world and one Earth, and we we need to take care of it and and do our part to, to steward this mm-hmm. land, this Ina that we live on. So for me, it's not just sustainability; it's actually what we call eco innovation. It's eco tourism, and what that means is really we are focused on leaving this land a little bit better than we found it. And we have a responsibility to do so. Um, as, a, as a hotel in Waikiki, you know, we are a big hotel. We have a big footprint. And our responsibility is we need to make sure we reduce that footprint in any way we can. So we've actually, you know, taken on this approach through many different ways. One, we partnered with a company uh, by the name of Parlay for the Oceans, and they're worldwide. They're actually in 38 countries around the world, and it's incredible what they do. And they seek out to educate uh, the public 
and create an awareness of, of how important protecting our oceans is to this global environment that we have. And so they actually created what they call the air pledge. And we are one of the, we are the first domestic hotel to take this air pledge with Parlay for the Oceans. And really what air stands for is avoid, intercept, and then reinvent. And so the avoid part is getting rid of all single use plastics in our hotel, which we have done. Um, and that's a, it, it sounds like a simple task, but in a, in this, uh, it's so, it's much more expensive to operate without single use plastic, but it's the right thing to do. And so we get, we have avoided all of our single use plastic. We've made a commitment as a hotel, all gone. Secondly, we have what is called intercept. And so we've made a, a significant commitment with Parlay for the Oceans. Uh, to remove plastic off of our beaches. So we really own Waikiki Beach and we bring out our guests. We bring back our employees. We actually bring back the, the local community. Our travel partners all come and they join us for these beach cleanups that we do. And it's so impactful and so incredible. We bring in some uh, incredible guest speakers from the from local areas within Oahu who really talk about how important it is to them to see businesses in Waikiki actually take such great care of the beach and the ocean and, and, and leave it a little bit better than we found it. And then the third part is reinvention. And so really uh, we take, and that's a heart too. It's not enough just to recycle. It's not enough just to remove. We got to figure out how we use these materials, especially in an Island where recycling is, is great, but there's not enough, good made on Oahu to handle all the recycling that's made. Um, so we actually are focused on how do we reinvent that strategy? And we've done that with a partner named Mananalu, uh, which is Jason Momoa's water company. And we are building an entire ecosystem around our aluminum bottles, which we have created, which are reusable in the room in partnership with Mananalu. They're not going to go into the recycling bin anymore. They're actually going to go back to their plant and they're going to actually focus on reusing that aluminum. Mm -hmm. And so we're finding all these different ways that we can save our food waste is going out to, uh, to a local area, a local one that can reinvest and create soil out of our food waste. Right. And they're bringing back and it's actually going into our plants. So we're, we're finding all sorts of ways to really reinvent this uh all of the goods and and remove that footprint man that is that is incredible i really love to uh, hear i love it when yeah it seems like you guys are at the forefront of of uh sustainability and doing everything you can to you know walk you know hand in hand step in step with with travelers who are also looking to do the same and also with our our planet and our shores which are very very important and always seemingly unfortunately under attack from different things. So let's also kind of talk about your embracing of the, the local cultures as well. It seems like the days of those drab corporate boring resorts, it seemed to be like those are, you know, coming up to an end. Thankfully that's a thing of the past. People seem to be choosing <laughs> uh, resorts and, and stays that, you know, embrace the world around it. How do how does the twin fin fit in there? How do you guys uh, how have you embraced the local culture 
And why is it important and significant that you do this for the local peoples? That's a great question, Jeremy. I mean, I think uh, it, it, it's not just uh, um, it's not just an obligation or responsibility. It's a mission of ours to engage the local community and create uh, experience. Today's traveler is not necessarily looking for they're looking for comfort. They're looking for ease. They're looking for just relaxation in their own right. Right. It, with this modern day technology and everything happening, they're looking for experiences that transport them to a different destination. And so really one of the ways that we can create that experiential environment is by bringing in the local community into our hotel. And, you know, it's easy enough for us to say local, but it actually is a whole different environment for us to actually bring in modern day local artisans to come and do crafts to from the art on our walls is all local artisans to we actually have an artist in residence program that the local artist that guests can interact with, you know, from a music perspective, and we're bringing in local artists to come and perform in our coconut club, which is incredible views. We are more importantly, also engaging the community to support it. And I said earlier, we want to leave this place a little bit better than we found it. We actually are committing ourselves to Rise Hawaii, which is an education accelerator uh, in Hawaii that showcases, uh, you know, local talent and giving them an opportunity to show that they can have a job in Oahu, that they can stay here, that they can thrive here, even with the modern day economy. And so we're bringing their crafts into our hotel. We're bringing their thoughts and ideas and showing them that it can be done as they can make an impact on our business. Um, from Red Cross to local theater, it's our mission to be part of this community. And I think when our employees see that, our employees now are able to share those experiences of the Aina, the land, and really give our guests that impression as well. And so I think it just goes 360 in guests wanting to be transported. And our ability to do that is really from that local perspective and embracing what is, you know, in our support for the land. Folks, I won't, my words won't do it justice. You need to go check out the the live videos and, and pictures and everything else of this, uh, of this resort, twinfinwaikiki.com. Go there right now. Okay. Even if you're not planning a vacation right now, you're, it's going to stick in your mind for the future because I, I just can't do it justice enough here. Not only is it gorgeous, but there, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm out of words now. I'm a radio guy and I'm out of words how beautiful this resort is, this property is. It's missions about both sustainability and also, you know, embracing local culture. Like you said, the artisan programs. And that's, we didn't even get into all the amenities and everything else that they have. Their, their mindset is check in, paddle out. That's all you need to know right there. So, when you're planning your next vacation, especially if you have the islands of Hawaii in mind, keep the Twin Fin at the forefront of your thoughts. Randy Diamond, General Manager of Twin Fin Waikiki, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a very busy man, but if people want to follow along, I mentioned the website, TwinFinWaikiki.com. If they want to find you guys on social media or anything like that, how do they find you? They find us at Twin Fin Waikiki. They can find us uh, on Instagram and on TikTok. We're very active and we actively ask you to engage with us. 
Uh, the more you do, the more exciting it becomes. So thank you. Uh, super excited to welcome you to Waikiki sooner than later. And uh, thanks, Jeremy, for the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you heard. I mean, they just they just called my plane number in the background. So I'll be there shortly. <laughs> you get the boards waxed up and I'm you, you and I, we're going out, man. We're going to have some fun. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait. So much more coming. So super excited. Thank you, so, here, <laughs> thank you so much, Randy. You guys stick around. When we come back, we're going to have more. This is Unscaled. Welcome back. Welcome back to Unscaled. It's Jeremy Long, the Full Metal Traveler, here with my co-host, Spicy Amy Long. <laughs> I, uh, I can't help but laugh every time you say it. Uh, we're talking all things resorts. Look, if uh, you want to check out some of our past interviews or past episodes, please go to fullmetaltraveler.com. Check us out. Share us with your friends if you like travel. We always got new uh, blog posts. We always got new uh, social media things going on. And we love to interact with you. We love to say hey all the time. So, we're going to chat real quick um, about the latest resort here in Las Vegas. It's set to open December 2023, so just a few months away from the time uh, we're uh, doing this show right now. Anyway, uh, and then in just a couple of minutes, we're going to review this bag here, man. <laughs> Something you could pick up for your next trip out of the city or out of the country. We're going to talk that in just a second. All right. So the latest resort. Do you know the latest resort, Amy? I believe it is the Fountain Blue. There you go. The Fountain Blue, Las Vegas. Now, the Fountain Blue is uh, has been a long time in the making. Uh, this property has changed hands, and it was something else a couple of years ago. And um, this... Okay, so it's located first... Where Where is it, right? It's located right near, like, Catacorner to Circus Circus. Mm-hmm. And before the Sahara. So this is like on the northern end of the strip before the Strat and all of that. Right. So another piece that extends up to the north. Uh, this piece of property, if you've been to Vegas in the last couple of years, has been either dormant or there was something else going to be built there. And they got partly part of the way uh, constructed and they had to tear it all down. It wasn't structurally sound. I think somebody ran out of money or something like that. Yeah. It happens. It happens, believe it or not, uh, more often than you might think here in this town. So this is where the Fountain Blue is going to sit. Now, it's a property from a group that's coming out of Florida. Right. There's I, a Fountain Blue in Miami. Yeah. There's a Fountain Blue Miami. And they're bringing a lot of their concepts here, which some people are mixed on because other, other groups that have been outside investors that have been outside of like Las Vegas mm-hmm. have come in with their concepts because it works somewhere else. They think it's going to work here. Yeah. Everyone's kind of on the fence about it because this is a tough town to read. It is not like right. most cities in the world. Well, just because something works somewhere else doesn't mean it's going to work in Vegas. Yeah, it is. It's just a totally different mindset here, but we are going to give you the latest information. Okay. The fountain blue Las Vegas is slated to open December. Uh, it is coming with over 3,700 rooms. Wow. Which is a lot. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's still not the most on the strip. I think that still belongs to the MGM Grand. 
but it's a lot of it's a lot of rooms. But hey, you know the Super Bowl is coming right after that, like a couple of months. So those rooms are more than likely going to get filled up and everything. Uh, it's going to have a hundred and fifty thousand square foot casino, which that's huge. Pretty good, pretty good size. Uh, seventy five thousand square feet dedicated to day and night clubs, which are, you know, it's a thing here in Vegas. Uh, whether that's out by the pool or whether it's like nightclubs, like do do, let's do some nightclubbing. <laughs> uh, it's got a fifty two thousand square foot spa and salon, which is again, enormous. Yeah. Enormous. I mean, this is a really big property. Yeah, and it just goes to kind of show you. I mean, it's uh, over a hundred thousand square feet in, for just the royal ballroom. The ballroom doesn't have any obstructing pillars. That's what's crazy wow. about this. I would love to see that. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a, a engineering nerd, and I'm just I look at that and I'm like, how? How? What? What are the physics behind this? Uh, an eight acre pool deck, and of course, uh, it's going to have shopping and everything. It is a true resort, kind of like the last few properties that have opened. Uh, they don't want you to necessarily leave the property. They have a, a a concert hall, theater hall that seats 3,800. Or if you're having a business conference, it can be pared down to 2,800 for a conference. Mm-hmm. So it, it is an all-inclusive kind of place. They want you to be at home, feel at home right there on the property. Spend all your monies <laughs> there, right? So that's the very latest on the Fountain Blue. It has not been without its little bouts of controversy, funding efforts, and things like that. But so far, more and more pictures of the inside as it gets completed are being leaked out. It looks absolutely gorgeous. I know they've spent a ton of money on this. And so, uh, you know, when it opens, we'll we'll go down there. We'll check it out. Even we'll, the outside's impressive. It yeah. stands pretty tall on the strip. And yeah. you can see the... Another tower on the strip. Yeah, you can see the kind of uh, iconic logo of the Fountain Blue Miami with the F and the B just prominent right there on the side so i think it aesthetically it's going to fit in with the uh skyline just curious due to the location how well it's going to do and another uh, big rumor uh on the strip the casino royale may no longer be here in the next few mm-hmm. months as uh, they've been given permission from the faa to raise a tower on that spot so uh, really? looking to be sold or resold or something like that. So another tower on the strip may be coming very, very soon. Rumors for now, but this is what's uh, kind of happening. Hey, man, we've said before, Vegas is not long on. Uh, We're not sentimental around yeah, here. Yeah, on, on <laughs> sentimentality, you know. Well, we don't care. We'll raise <laughs> it and, and just, you know, build something the same day. Uh, so for the last couple of minutes of the show, we promised we were going to bring you another review. From time to time, we get stuff from uh, items from different PR agencies or marketing agencies. This is our disclaimer. We are never financially compensated for these things. We are under no obligation to uh, you know talk about anything or give our thoughts. But when we find stuff that we like and we use and we want to recommend, that's when we mention it on the show. And that's what we have here. And this is a new bag from Kedzie, and I'll let you take it away, Spicy. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, so I we did receive this bag from Kedzie right before I took uh, a quick trip over to Pebble Beach mm-hmm. last month for a, a work thing. They sent us the triple threat foldable duffel bag along with one of the interchangeable straps. 
I liked this because you can kind of snap it down and make it a little bit smaller. And so I was just running out for one night. Uh, so I made, I kind of made it the smaller size. So it was a great overnight bag, but if you unsnap it, it does expand a little bit. You can throw a few more things into it. It's extremely lightweight. And I was a little hesitant that maybe it wasn't going to be durable, but it was totally fine for a, a quick overnight or weekend trip. And the strap that they sent it was super cute. I like it. I think I may actually switch it out and put it on some other bags too, because nice. it's something <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's nice. It's nice yeah. So I was, I'm pretty happy with this bag. I'll definitely be using it again. And I also like that it can pack down pretty flat. So if you are traveling somewhere for an extended period of time, but want another little overnight bag or something you can carry throughout the day, this would be a great, a great package or a great bag to throw in your suitcase. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. Perfect for getting out there, checking it out. Uh, so you can go to kedzie.com. That's K-E-D-Z-I-E. Do they actually have a name for it? It is called the Triple Threat there you go. Duffel Bag. Triple Threat Duffel Bag. It really looks nice, but it, you know, not aimed towards me, obviously. It, That's is, why. it is a female bag. It does come in three colors, black, gray, and an olive green, but I cannot see my husband carrying this bag. Come Unless on, he's man. carrying it Brings for me. out my eyes. <laughs> yeah, it does. Thank you so much to Kedzie for uh, trusting us with this bag. Yeah. We appreciate it. Um, and thank you for trusting us with your uh, travel, travel show needs. That's what we do best. Thank you again to Randy Diamond for joining us and for all the people that helped make that possible. And thank you so much for listening, for sharing the show, for following us online. You can find me anywhere across social media, fullmetaltraveler.com or fullmetaltraveler and fullmetaltraveler.com. And where can they find you, Spicy? Uh, spicy. Spacey. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's enough whiskey yeah. for me. <laughs> we, we've had enough to drink today. Okay. Enjoy that's your a, Saturday. <laughs> enjoy. We'll see you next time.